This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, guys. Welcome into the Go247 podcast. I am Glenn West, senior writer here at the site, uh, joined again by Sonny Ship, our recruiting analyst. Uh, and runner of the site for many, many years. Um, big day for LSU. It's a day that I'm Sonny's all too familiar with. I'm still getting used to here in my first couple of years covering recruiting. So, um, but LSU uh, signs 25 players here in the early signing period uh, on day one of the early signing period. Uh, not a ton of surprises for the Tigers, which is probably a good thing uh, considering the, the haul that they're bringing in here. Uh, on the first day of the early signing period. Um, just a, a couple of quick notes here, and then I'll turn it over to Sonny for a couple of quick analysis for him. Um, Camorian Pimpton is the tight end that, uh, you know, kind of flipped from LSU, from, from Vanderbilt to LSU. Um, LSU also did lose Dalen Austin, the, the highly touted cornerback from uh, this class. He's going to Oregon. Um, those are really the the two big newsy items from day one uh, of the, of the signing period for the Tigers, everything else went pretty much as planned. Uh, the Tigers sign all of their uh, recruits uh, that are, that were committed up to this point. Uh, and so that's, it's a, just been a really good day for Brian Kelly and company uh, welcoming in this new freshman class. Um, just uh, Sonny for you, uh, when you kind of came into this day, is it kind of about what you expected in terms of, you know, what, uh, what, what we were looking at in terms of the, the signings and, and just everything that, that played out today? Yeah, I think so. Uh, last night, you know, the last update I posted last night was that, you know, LSU, uh, that instead of, a, uh, instead of what some thought was a Vandy-Texas, more of a Vandy-Texas battle, it was actually more of an LSU-Vandy battle, and then Texas eventually got word that they were out of it. And, uh, you know, that – LSU was a, uh, you know, that, that LSU, you know, I, I continue to say after his official visit that LSU has some work to do. LSU has some work to do. And, uh, you know, you got to give credit to Joe Sloan. You got to give credit to Mike Denbrock, to that entire staff for doing that work. And then also kind of doing it in short order, short order. And, you know, when you think about it, when you think about it, uh, you know, some people are probably back there saying, well, you know, if you flip a Vanderbilt commitment, I mean, really, how, you know, how big is that? And it's not the fact that you flipped a Vanderbilt commitment. It's the fact that you had Texas, the in-state school, you know, making a hard press, making a hard run, doing everything that it could to keep him in state. And LSU not only took him away from Vanderbilt, but they took him out from underneath, you know, the big name in state. And so that's a that's a much bigger recruiting win then that will probably get, you know, then it probably gets a lot of credit for early on when they just look at flipping a Vanderbilt commitment. But I, I think that that, you know, I think that that was obviously a big piece of good news for the staff that they pulled in. You know, we thought that Isaac Smith, we thought that he was trending more towards Mississippi State and that, you know, uh, and that it just looked like that he was going to stay in, stay inside the state and getting a kid out of Mississippi, a top kid out of Mississippi, 
that either Ole Miss or Mississippi State wants. It's tough. It, it, it's really tough to do. We've seen that happen. You know, we've seen how that plays out so much over the past, you know, especially in recent years. But losing Dalen Austin, another, you know, something that was that was expected. And when you look at LSU's cornerback, Holly, you know, you got JV and Toviano who committed, uh, you know, it would be a week from tomorrow, a week from Thursday that he committed. You still have Desmond Ricks out there who's committing tomorrow on Thursday at 430 Central Time. Look at the, you know, you look at the haul that you already pulled in. You have Jeremiah Hughes, Toviano. You've got a guy, Ashton Stamps, who could possibly uh, play some corner. And so you've got, you know, you've already made, you've already addressed that to some degree. And then, you know, getting a guy like Ricks and, you know, a guy who reclassified, probably going to take a little bit of time to really get his body to the point that it needs to get at, considering that, you know, this time next year, he should still be a senior in high school. And so, you know, when you look at all of that, I think you have to really feel good about the cornerback class that they have, that they've already pulled in. And then you also have to, you know, at this point, as of we're recording this on Wednesday at 347, to be exact, yeah. uh, you know, I posted, you know, where I was on, on Desmond Ricks that, you know, that I, that I thought that LSU was holding on to him right now with Alabama and Florida trying to, uh, you know, trying to basically, you know, pull him away. Um, and I think that that's how I would kind of sum it up in layman's terms. But, you know, that's going to be one that you have to watch all the way to the end. You know, you have a five-star cornerback who, you know, when you, you know, when, when you look at the packages and when you look at deals that are being made these days, you know, the kids are looking at depth chart. They're looking at playing time opportunities. They're looking at academics. They're looking at the relationships that they have with the staffs. And they're also looking at how how much money they can make now, you know, because these kids realize that, hey, going to college and playing college football, it is a job. You know, it, it is like a full-time job in the time management that it requires when you toss school into the equation. And so, you know, anyone who thinks that these kids are not looking at the financial benefit that comes with signing with schools and committing to schools, then they're just fooling themselves because that's what recruiting, you know, that's what recruiting has been about for a while. And now it's just thrown up, you know, now it's just front and center to where it's, you know, it's not a taboo anymore. We can finally talk about kids getting money for going to school and for playing college football. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great summary there of, of kind of what's, what we're looking at here, I, I think I would probably take it just from the Brian Kelly approach. We actually just got done uh, speaking with Coach Kelly about an hour ago. Uh, he met with the media following LSU's big flurry of news on, on Wednesday in terms of their signing class. And his message to us was it really you know it takes a village to build out a class like this. But one of the, the big things that he took out of this, um, really his first big signing class here, where he had some time to sink his teeth into getting to know these players getting to know these families, um, he, he, he's really excited. I think there's a lot that he really, really likes about this class. Um, he talked about a number of guys individually, just a couple of different anecdotes here that we heard from him uh, you know, in his press conference was he was asked about Zalance Hurd, the five-star tackle here out of Neville, and he described him as a really confident young man, a guy who throughout the recruiting process – uh, repeatedly came up to him and said, coach, I'm going to play left tackle at LSU. And uh, coach Kelly said, well, you know, we got this, we got this Will Campbell guy, this freshman, he's playing pretty well. And he goes, 
Coach, I know about Will Campbell. I play with Will Campbell. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be the left tackle at LSU. And so he, he said it in a very confident manner, according to Kelly, and uh, just kind of shows you, I think, the the level of players that they're recruiting here uh, in terms of their confidence, in terms of you know how quickly they think they can come in and play. That was the question that I actually asked Coach Kelly was um, just, you know, how much of this, you know, getting younger at so many different positions, whether it's offensive line, cornerback, tight end, how much of it is because of your confidence in the player development side of all this? And he uh, wholeheartedly agreed that it played a huge factor in why LSU was trying to get younger here uh, at a number of these spots. And uh, Sonny and I have gone back and forth on this a little bit about, you know, wanting to balance that with the veterans on the roster. And so they are going to dip into the portal for some more players here. Uh, he talked about, defensive line he talked about uh the defensive backfield is two areas where LSU is really going to look at uh moving forward here in the next couple days and uh, a lot of these moves will be decided and made on Friday according to what you know coach Kelly told us today so uh there'll be certainly a lot more news uh to come but um just wanted to to, to throw it back over to you Sonny and just um what what are your I guess some of your I guess, needs in terms of what you'd like to see from this class. Uh, now that we have 25 signed, 25 freshmen, we know about some of the transfer por- transfer portal commitments that you could kind of get into a little bit. But just what are your overall goals in terms of what you'd like to see LSU do uh, in the last kind of couple days of the early signing period? Well, I, I had – you know, as, as far as as far as you know, what they need to do to finish out the early signing period, I think obviously it's Desmond Ricks. Yeah. You get Desmond Ricks, and then I, I think you're done. And then you kind of put everything onto, like you said, you look into the transfer portal. You're not going to have a lot of 2023 activity um, once the new year gets here and coaches get back out on the road around mid December. They'll have about three weeks where they'll be able to get back out on the road. But I think you're going to see, you know, outside of Nicholas Harbor, um, you know, a guy who is, who has maintained that he wants to visit LSU in January, that LSU is one of the, you know, one of the few schools that he's looking at, you know, outside of him, I think you just have to kind of wait and see who's still out there after Friday. And then you may see some, you may see some guys at positions of need that you never, you didn't recruit before, but you may also have some guys who don't sign, who coaches go on and leave, and you may create some opportunities right there. But I think when you look at the transfer portal, you know, one of the big needs that I had was going out and getting another tight end, getting another tight end that when you want to go, when you want to go two tight ends, or even when you want to go three, we saw some, we saw several where they wanted to go three tight ends this past season. They needed they needed a guy who could come in and who could give them a little more beef. Mac Markway is a perfect thing for what this roster needs uh, for next season, and it was a you know I thought it was a hole that they had in twenty twenty two, but now you're trying to now you're trying unless you can get an experienced guy who's got one year you know one year left to play maybe two if you're lucky. It's going to be hard to do that when you just have a tight end class. Now you have three tight ends that you're going to, you know, your your class, your list is going to say three tight ends in 2023, one in 2022. Well, all of a sudden that starts creating a situation, especially when you look at next year. You got Tavion Galloway already committed. 
You got Trey Dance Green, who's you know either the number one or number two tight end in the country on twenty four seven Sports. And so you know if you go and you get a multiple year guy, well now all of a sudden does that hurt you when you look at the grand scheme of things for twenty twenty four? So I don't know if they need that now as much that they went out and they were able to get Pimpton. Um, I think you can make shift. You can kind of work your way around that, like we see, like we saw them do a little bit this year, but. Outside of that, defensive line, I think, is a big need. Um, I think you've got to go in and you've got to get, you know, you got to get somebody, not necessarily just a space eater, but you need to get another 290, 300-pounder that you can put in there with Jalen Lee, um, you know, to kind of add a little bit of depth. Obviously, you know, a two or three guy with two or three years left to play that could help plug the hole when next year you could potentially lose Makai Wingo and Mason Smith. Uh, you know, that would obviously be very attractive. Um, and and then, you know, I, I think you still need to go out and you still need to get, even if you get Desmond Ricks on Thursday, you still need to go out and you need to get a veteran corner. You need to get a corner that's got a little bit of experience, uh, who's got, but who also has multiple years left to play to where you're not in the same situation you were in, because you're not in the, in the same situation you were in last year with all these freshmen that you have coming in. So you don't have to go out and just get multiple guys who have one year left to play. You know, like you saw with Jarek Bernard Converse, you saw with Joe Fouché this year, Colby Richardson, Seven Banks. That's what they originally thought they were going to get out of Seven Banks. So I don't think you have to get multiple guys, but I do think you still need to get a veteran cornerback that you can bring in. And then maybe even a safety too. Um, You know, just, just, just looking, looking at the safety room, Maybe even another safety with that regard. But, you know, what do you think the biggest uh, the biggest needs are? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say definitely you want to add a veteran corner. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense, whether you land Ricks on Thursday or not. Um, but for me, I'm looking on the interior of the defensive line. I think that's still a, a really big need for this roster, not just in terms of uh, the immediate future of 2023, but the long-term future as well. I mean, you don't have a whole lot there. I mean, you, you're returning Mason Smith and Makai Wingo. Those are your kind of guys that you peg in to be your starters next year. Both of those guys could very well be gone after next year. And so what do you have after that? I mean, you have Ty G. Hill, you have Jacoby and Guillory, and you have Jalen Lee, the new, uh, the new transfer commit from uh, Florida. So you really, I, I think you really have to dig deep here and, and go hard in the transfer portal at defensive line particularly at defensive tackle. Um, not sure exactly names or anything like that. I don't think there's that's even on the radar right now. But um, but I, I do think that's an area where LSU is just going to have to get a lot bigger, a lot more physical. Um, it, it's an area that I think you're going to have to see, you know, like you mentioned here, is there a freshman or two that maybe didn't sign that maybe – LSU thought might sign in the early signing period and now is still out there to potentially have another couple months to recruit and see if you can't, uh, you know, kind of build up that way. And so I I do think that's an area where LSU has got to get better. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU looks at linebacker either. I think that would be a a really interesting move in terms of, you know, you got Demario Tolan, you've got Harold Perkins, you've got Craig Penn, but there's just a lot of, you know, kind of unproven's behind those guys. And so uh, I do think linebacker could be a position you look at. Um, you know, 
running back potentially. I think running back is a very interesting one um, just because you're, you got two freshmen coming in and Caleb Jackson and, uh, and uh, uh, Trey Holly, but you know, Holly's a guy who's run a lot in his high school career. Uh, I think Jackson had battled some injuries this last year. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be uh, a little bit shorter on the depth chart in terms of, you know, guys that are coming back. We still don't know what's going to happen with John Emery. Don't know what's going to happen uh, with Noah Kane. You, you, you hope that Josh Williams comes back and can be a, a pillar piece for you next year offensively. But um, there's, I think there's a lot of, you know, balls up in the air right now with that running back room. And uh, you don't really have a, a real set you know, depth chart, I think, leading into next year, which could open the door for a transfer to come in and potentially earn a spot. And so uh, that's definitely an area that I'm looking at um, in terms of yeah. uh, portal additions and, and that, that regard. But see, I, and, 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 I, and I see where you're going on running back, but I think in order to do that, they got to have one or two drop out. Because if you yeah. think about it, what yeah, running I back think so. out there is going to transfer into a room with three seniors and Emory, Kane, and Williams, and then you got two freshmen coming in, you know. Yeah. Unless he's a guy, unless he's a guy who has, you know, who has three or four years left to play, and he's not, you know, he's not looking for that immediate, you know, that immediate uh satisfaction, then 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 I could see something like that happening. But yeah, yeah, running back, that's an interesting one because like I'm with you. I, I think that that's one that there's you just know, not a whole lot set in stone next year. Like even Armani no, Goodwin. There's not a whole lot set in stone. And then if you look at, I mean, if you look at, if you look at what each one's bringing you or what each one has given you in the past, as right. far as what's returning, you know, there's, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. There's some service. There's start. There are serviceable, serviceable backs. backs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think three of them. I think Josh Williams. I think John Emery, and and I think Noah Kane. I think they're serviceable. I think they're good number two backs, good number three backs. But I don't think either one of them has shown that they had that they're ready to be a number one back right. in an SEC offense. You know. Yeah, and of, of the three, Josh Williams has probably shown the most. But then you look at his running style combined with his physical stature. And they're just not – they don't go well together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look – He wants I, to be a bruising runner between the tackles who's very hard to bring down, but his body just doesn't dictate that. It, I mean, uh, you bring up a good point there. And, I mean, if LSU wants to be a championship-caliber team next year, which I think all accounts are that they, they want to be and they expect to be, well, a lot of championship teams have great balance with their offense. And – you know, they, whether it's, you know, whoever it is that's behind center next year, they're going to need a great ground game to complement LSU. And, you know, like you said, there were, there were a lot of up and down moments last year for LSU in 2022. And, you know, I, I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see what those older guys decide. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Emory decides to test the draft waters. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if even uh, Noah Kane or Armani Goodwin look elsewhere in terms of what they're, futures are with the program but um you know just uh, i think that it's a position where if you think that there's a guy out there that can be a difference maker for you 
then you bring them in and you do you kind of worry about the rest of it later, in my opinion. So introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com um, all right i got one for you sure I'm gonna, bounce, I'm gonna bounce a few things off of you we're gonna we're gonna uh we're gonna get some more we're gonna tap into some more of your recruiting knowledge okay uh all right who's the uh, biggest impact out of today who's gonna who, who's who's your biggest impact player out of today you get mm. I, I won't say one pick a uh, one on offense one on defense one on offense one on defense um I would okay. I'll start with defense first. I'm going to go Toviano on defense. I just think that he has the stature and the build to really come in and compete early, and and especially at a group now that's really young. I mean, just just has a lot of youth there, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity um, for for him to come in and potentially earn a spot, uh, a serious playing time. Uh, as far as you know, early impact on the offense. I could go a number of different ways, uh, but here's one that I think this guy just – I've really liked him from the start, and he's kind of an underrated player in this class. But Kyle Parker, the receiver from Texas, I think is just really ascending uh, from a, a really great senior year. He's just so fast. He's a great route runner. Um, I remember you know, he was you know, talking up earlier this, this offseason about some of the comparisons that he's had um, and, and I think they, they fit the mold perfectly. A Malik neighbors kind of player, a guy who's so crisp in his route running and, uh, can really help you with the speed department and the slot. I mean, it's going to be hard for one of these freshman receivers to get the field. I, I, I know, uh, you know, with all this talent LSU's returning in this group. Um, but he's somebody that I think could help you in the return game. If, if Aaron Anderson isn't the guy, I think we both kind of expect maybe Aaron Anderson will, will show us a lot. Uh, come spring and come fall, but uh, I, I really like Kyle Parker, and I think he's a really undervalued or underrated part uh, of this recruiting class, and think he could make an early impact with, with the Tigers. But uh, what about you? What are, What are your thoughts, man? I tell you what, sick in the offense, and I think it's crazy. I don't think you're crazy, but I think it's crazy that we're both going to do this. That you have, you know, Shelton Sampson Jr., who I think we all agree is a five star wide receiver. Mm-hmm unbelievable, you know, talent and athleticism. But unless LSU has, you know, unless LSU has some attrition, you know, unless you would lose like a guy like Brian Thomas Jr. after the bowl game, uh, Malik Neighbor, someone like that, unless you would lose someone like that, I, I, I think that they're going to give Samson a little bit of time to be able to get his body right and to be able to get his body where it needs to be. But Kai Preen is a guy yeah. – who I think could surprise some people. And a reason for that is that his body, when you, when you look at him, you know, he, they've got him listed at six foot one ninety three, and you can tell he, he's not, you know, he, he's not scrawny. You can tell he's got a little bit of thickness to him. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to be a guy who's really going to put on some weight and that he can do a multitude of things to where he's going to find a way to, 
to insert himself into the offense in some way. Defense, I, I was going to say Deshaun Womack, but I'm kind of torn now because of the Toviano. You mentioned you mentioned a good point with Toviano. And the thing that I really like about him is I think he's versatile, versatile enough to where he could realistically play safety. He could play some corner. He could play some nickel for you. And, and I think that that versatility – is going to is going to give him really a chance at, in multiple areas. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with with Deshaun Womack, LSU has a big need at Jack linebacker Braden Swenson. They got the Oregon transfer. He committed uh, on Tuesday. So you 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 have someone who has a little bit of experience, but I don't think I don't think if you look at Braden Swenson's career at Oregon that you look at him and just say, okay, this is a no-brainer plug-and-play right here. You know, yeah. This is a guy who can come in, who, who can compete. But if Deshaun Womack comes in and he's as good as advertised and, and he makes, those, he makes those, those gains physically that, you know, that, that you want to see, you know, to going from being a, a, you know, a high school player to a, a true freshman in an SEC program, if he's able to make those gains physically – then you know, then he's a guy who could potentially be someone who you look at around the middle of the season next year and be like, man, he's already kind of moved into that position. You know, kind of like kind of kind of like Caleb on Chasson that we saw sure. with him. Kind of kind of kind of the route that we saw, you know, him take before he got injured. So, but, um, here's something yeah. that I wanted to bounce off of you. So, uh, just the defensive line. Um, you you think it's going to be kind of. Swinson in that Jack linebacker, and then you have Savion and Quincy Wiggins on the other side, kind of competing for that Ollie Gay role. Or do you think that one of those two guys could also be competing for one of the Jack linebacker roles? Man, you know, I'm kind of because I thought Savion would be a perfect fit for a potential Jack linebacker. He's not a a huge, huge defensive lineman. I think he's got some athleticism to him that he could drop back in coverage, and he's tall and could get his mitts up on couple of passes every once in a while but um i think you know i i threw that out there and i think the board kind of more agreed with you in terms of uh you know Savion being kind of more of the ali gay prototypical defensive pass rusher but just what are your thoughts on that for me it comes down to, okay what does matt house want on that side yeah does he want someone who is you know 265 you know 260 to 270 range who can, you know, who can also drop back and play off the line a little bit? Or does he want someone who's going to help out more against the run? I think that's something that, you know, because when Parrish and the Arizona transfer, you know, he's in that 6'5", 290 range right now. You know, is he, uh, you know, what what is he? Is he an inside guy? Is he someone that you play in the alley gate, in the alley gate, in the position that alley gate played basically the defensive end opposite of the Jack linebacker? And, and, and it seems like a lot of the board seems to think, oh, no, he's going to, you know, he's that's the position he's going to play. Yeah. Well, I don't think he can play that at 290. Yeah. But not for what not for what it seemed what they wanted out of Ali Gay, at least, or what or the way that Ali Gay played. Now, maybe that was because of necessity, because yeah. Quincy Wiggins wasn't ready and they do want to go with some size over there. But I think that's, a, you know, that, that that's a lot that, that I'm, I'm still kind of um, – wondering about that position how they want to get that configuration right there because you know if i look at if i look at Parrish shand and six five two ninety and then you know i mean there's no question that once he spends you know time with jake flint down here i mean he's going to put on another five to ten pounds easily 
Well, so does that mean that Mason Smith could potentially play that position that Ali Gay played this, you know, this past year? That that's I, I don't see that. You know, no. I don't. I, you know, to me, you you know, if, if Parashan can play that, well, then Mason Smith should be able to play that they, too. They moved so. Mason a lot around a lot. They toyed with him. Remember his true freshman yeah. year? They stuck him on the outside a little bit. He played that, some on the end as yeah. that defensive yeah. end. I'm curious if they might try that too. Um, there's just a lot of. There's a lot of yeah, there, yeah. There's some configurations. So there's some configurations that they could make, and and then even going to this class right here, the, the guys he signed today. You know, um, Dylan Carpenter, six four, two thirty four, right now. I mean, I could see that dude easily putting on 35, 40 pounds. He's got the frame. And being two seventy five yeah. or two eighty, you know, two years from now, yeah. Jackson Howard. When you look at him, he's got a big frame. Yeah. And you know, if he's already two forty five. I can see that dude easily being 280, 285. Deshaun Womack, if he's already 245, I mean, it's easy. You know, it's not out of the question to see him put on 25 pounds. B.J. Ojalari did it at LSU. Well, now all of a sudden that puts him in that two, you know, in that 270 range. And, you know, I think that, you know, when you look at, if you go back and if you look at, I guess that that position under Matt House with B.J. Ojalari, with Josh Allen and what he did at Kentucky. I don't think you want a 270 pounder at your Jack linebacker position. No, you know, you want someone a little lighter, someone who's a little more athletic, someone who you can move around a little bit. And so that's why I think in two to three years, it's going to be interesting when you look at, you know, you look at the commitment list right now, you've got Womack, you've got Howard and you've got Carpenter all listed as edge guys, but it's going to be in two to three years. I bet, I bet at least two of them's probably not playing on the edge. Yeah, and that's one, not to say that they wouldn't play that other defensive end position, but which one's beats know, up? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think so too. I think so too. All right, I got one more for you. Who, when you look at this list, who is the guy that people don't talk about? Or I, we'll go to since I know we're nearing the thirty-minute mark and we're getting <laughs> close, so. We'll go one on each side of the ball, but offense and defense. Who is the who is the guy who did not get enough love? And when I say love, I mean by the folks on the message boards, and you know by by those who just look at the stars. Yeah. So I I I I thought you know I kind of put um uh, uh shoot what's his name uh, Parker in that uh in that respect, but. Um, just another offensive guy that could fit that mold. Um, I think, you know, we're going to have to see what happens in terms of how much weight he can put on and how much amount of time. But uh, Paul Mubanga in the, on the offensive line, um, I think he's got a real athletic build. Um, he's a guy that you're going to have to ask to put on a bunch of weight, so he might not be ready right away. Um, but he's a guy I could see certainly flashing next year. I mean, look, the, the point of a lot of these position groups that LSU kind of went younger with is to really give them a lot of these reps in the spring. I really believe that. I think that you're going to see a lot of these freshmen get in there and, and compete, maybe not for starting roles, because I think LSU's starting you know rotation is pretty set in stone in terms of what they come got coming back next year. Um, but you're going to have a lot of these freshmen – uh, competing in the you know second third team and uh, while also trying to you know beef beef themselves up a little bit, I think Ubanga is a guy that can fit into that mold. Who 
LSU's dipped into Georgia a lot, you know, for their not only just offensive line talent, but just talent in general. When you look at, you know, safety, Michael Darty and, uh, you know, a couple of the other guys they brought in. But I, I would say Mubanga is a guy that if he adds some weight, I'll be really interested to see how he throws it around come spring. Um, and, and if he is a spring, I'm not sure if he's one of the only early enrollees or not, but, um, you know, I think he's a guy that certainly fits that mold, um, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I would say probably, uh, Jeremiah Hughes is one that kind of comes to mind. Six, one, one seventy five. Um, he's long, he's got great length. He's, I think, you know, he's out of the Bishop Gorman area or high school, which has put out a lot of really stellar athletes in various sports throughout the last couple of years uh, for LSU and Wani Wilkinson, uh, the basketball uh, player actually went there. So uh, just a little side note there, but Jeremiah Hughes is a guy um, that, you know, when he first signed or when he first committed, he was out there, I think at a couple of the camps during the summer and we got a good chance to look at him. And I thought he really popped uh, Ashton Stamps is a guy who really popped for me as well in terms of earning his scholarship. And, you know, I know the coaching staff really loves his story in terms of the amount of times he came to camp for LSU out of Rummel and, uh, you know, earning his scholarship and ultimately committing. Um, so those, those are maybe just a couple of guys that are kind of further down in that secondary that maybe haven't gotten the notoriety of a, you know, a Toviano or whatnot, but just, uh, what are your thoughts on just a couple of guys that you think could be, uh, you know, big players that maybe aren't being talked about right now. Yeah, <clears throat> I think Whit Weeks is a guy who did not mm-hmm. get enough recognition early on. Uh, he obviously got bumped up as the process moved along. But I think, you know, it, it's interesting. LSU had him listed at 6'3", 200 pounds. Yeah. And I think he's a guy who's going to put on put on weight, put on weight just like his brother. His brother put on good weight quickly once he got to LSU. And I think he's going to bring some athleticism to that linebacker core. And I, I think that he's a guy that when you, you know, when you look at when I guess when you look at LSU's defense, you know, he's someone who just probably doesn't get as much talk just because. And I think some of it is because, you know, everybody just thought, oh, it's it's West Weeks' uh, brother. He's going to end up at LSU and just kind of just. You know, he went from – I guess he just went – was always considered a done deal and people didn't talk about him as much, didn't worry about him as much. So he's a guy for me on that side of the ball. And on offense, Caleb Jackson, you know, he only played the first half of the senior year, missed the rest of it with the foot injury. Um, he should be good to go – he'll be good to go when he gets to LSU and stuff. And I think that, you know, once he gets his body, once he gets his body back in in a conditioning shape and back to the point where it needs to be, I would not be surprised to see him um, put his name into that hat when it comes to talking about guys who are getting, you know, who are going to be fighting for carries and fall camp and stuff. I would not be surprised to see him as being a guy who just, you know, you, you look at LSU's running back room, you don't consider running back as a position that you need a freshman to come in, be an immediate impact at when you have three seniors on the roster. But I think that once he gets there and then after being off for that year, that he's just going to be champing at the bit, just wanting to get out there. And, and I think that his body's going to allow him to be where he needs to be physically from that yeah. point. Yeah, Caleb Jackson's a great one, actually. I didn't even think of that one just because he'd been so beat up, I think, his last year. It really hurt him. But, um, yeah, that's a great one. And, you know, I think we'll probably wrap it up here. I think we're uh, – 
We're, we've got a couple yeah, man, more. I got my, my beers calling me, man. <laughs> we've got a couple more things that we're, we've got to do before, uh, before Friday, uh, LSU expecting some good news from the transfer portal on Friday. Uh, we think we'll be back, you know, towards the end of this week, maybe Friday, third Saturday for another pod. Um, just kind of recapping a little bit more of what's going on, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, I think it was a great first, first day for LSU. You got to accomplish what, you know, you spent the last several months being able to put together. And, uh, I think it was a really positive day for LSU. And so, uh, with that though, we'll, we'll certainly, uh, we'll get out of here and we'll see you guys uh, a little bit later down the week. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe? Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.